Hosts Elle and Miriam are two Black homeschooling moms embarking on a self-defining journey. Listen in on conversations that will encourage you to be your authentic self while uplifting your spirit and motivating your inherent potential. They're defining what culture is for their families and want you to do the same. Bring your children along too so they can meet the cleverly cultured kids. They're all for teaching the babies while they're young, adapting to the challenges of parenting, homeschooling, and being willing to learn the lessons that the children have to offer. It's all about uplifting one another and reclaiming your innate greatness. are listening to season four and episode 74 of the Cleverly Changing podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week. We are excited about our upcoming episode. Our something to explore fact this week is that the Nile is the longest river in the world. Can you guess how many countries does the Nile River pass through? All right, if you guessed 11 countries, then you are absolutely right. Today's African proverb is, he who tests the depth of a stream with both feet must be prepared to swim. And that is a Ghanaian proverb. It's now time for the word of the episode. Feta means money in Swahili. Another Cleverly Changing Podcast. We have a huge treat for you today. I am just so honored that we have Christina here. And listen, I am going to let her introduce herself because I feel like sometimes, you know, who better to tell you about who a person is than themselves? And so we are here with Christina. Christina, let everybody know who you are and how many kids you have. Well, Elle, thank you so much for having me. It is wonderful to be here. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Christina Garrett. I am a productivity coach and homeschooling mom of five awesome but very loud children. So I'm thinking about making decisions like Elle has made decisions because they are so loud. Um, that being said, um, I'm also a pastor's wife. I've been happily married for almost 16 years now. Um, and I'm the founder of the Momathon Diaries community, which is a really dope sector of the internet where women come together both virtually and in person to organize their busy lives, get more done and alleviate some of their stress and overwhelm. Yes, yes. You may not know this, but I am actually the youngest of five. So really? <laughs> I am. I am. Oh my so goodness. You said that they're loud. It's so funny because I don't I don't see myself as a loud person. I can be loud. And in my immediate family with my husband and my kids, I'm the loudest, but among my sisters, I am actually the quietest. That's so funny. <laughs> because my my baby boy, right he's now. he's like a hurricane. <laughs> He is like a hurricane. He was unplanned. We say he like tackled an angel and like jumped in the portal. You know, he's he's that baby. Yes, he's that baby. yes. I totally get it because I'm I'm like him in that I try to take the world by storm, and mm -hmm. I feel like you have to disrupt some things to be heard. And for the youngest. That's how it is. You got to be a <laughs> And it's nothing wrong with that. I think God yeah. has called some of us to be disruptors in this life. So mm -hmm. uh, cheers to him and all that he is going to do in the future. I know it's going to be magnificent. Mm -hmm. So I, I have 
had wonderful conversations with you, but Mm -hmm. I think where I have seen you thrive in the community is your community work with other mothers. And as a busy mom who homeschools five, how do you find time for community engagement? Oh, wow. So number one, I make it a priority. And so um, in conjunction with the family dynamic, which we already know is can be very busy. Um, I have learned how to be really strategic about what I put my energy into. And then if I'm working or coaching with moms, maybe we have our coaching intensive that might meet on the evening a week. I have set aside time to make sure that that is successful and that I'm connecting directly. So I have aligned my schedule, like, you know, Calendly, you know, you get on your app, whatever your app schedule, app of choice is. I'm not opening it up before two o'clock. You know, everything that, you know, needs to happen with the family, organizing those things happens earlier in the day. And I am a serial napper. So in order to not nap, I put all my client calls in the afternoon to evening to keep me going. (laughs) And so it's a bit of self-awareness intertwined there because I know that after I'm done doing school with my kids, I'm exhausted. So if I have clients or awesome conversations just like this on the schedule I'm going to keep going I'm going to be excited about the afternoon versus who that bed is looking really inviting so trying to find that balance and only having my schedule open on the days that I actually have the bandwidth for it mm. so what you're saying is you're organized and you plan I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> yes but that is very important because it helps us set boundaries Boundaries Mm -hmm. for ourselves and boundaries for others. So I think, you know, you said a couple words that I have to kind of point out because I feel like they're key. And that is the word strategic, connecting directly, and self-awareness. All Mm -hmm. three of those, I think, are powerful words that really kind of help you align your goals and your visions as a mom and as an educator with your vision as a community worker. So I think that that is just Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful. So when you are in the community and engaging, how do you keep your kids kind of occupied so they're not always interrupted because this is this is real like I like to be real that's real on our podcast and as a mom myself I know when my kids were younger it was mm-hmm. constant mommy can I have some juice mommy get this mm-hmm. so how do you kind of keep that order so that you are professional and able to get your um, things done in the way that aligns with your work ethic Okay, so one thing I want to emphasize is that there are seasons to this. So early, early seasons, you know, you're raising small kids, you know, we got twins, you know, those different, you know, challenges. We're going to call them challenges. Thank you, Jesus. You can feel like you're supposed to be in a different season than the one you're in, you know? So when my kids were small and we started the family organization process, I would literally say, guys, it's quiet time. I need you to go into your room for 15 minutes, right? If you can stay in there for 15 minutes, mommy's going to have a treat for you. I'm going to do something special for you, you know, but just give me my 15. And they might poke their about three or four. They'll poke their heads out. I know I would hear thumping and bumping in there. I knew something catastrophic was loading, but they you know, went from 10 minutes to 15 to mommy's going to lay down for 30 minutes and, you know, I'll be out when I'm done. Now my kids are older. My oldest son is 14. So, you know, I'm a bit more able to step away for an hour or a couple of hours even to manage other things. Another thing that I emphasize, and this is half a joke, but so serious if you come in to ask me something while I'm in the shower, while I'm on the toilet, while I'm doing, it's like, you could, y'all are old enough. You're as tall as me at this point. You know, like, I understand you got small children, but you're, we're working on this. We're starting at 15 minutes. We're going to 30. After 30, we're going to try an hour. Can you guys give mom an hour? After that, you'll get to do insert whatever motivates your children. And so for me, if you come in, you're walking in the shower, you're walking in my room, all however you like, 
the answer to whatever you ask is no. Whatever it is that you're asking for, it could be, can we love God more? No. Can we have ice? No. Like the answer is automatically no, because you violated, you know, you violated the family. I don't just walk into your space, you know, to, to, you know, you could be dressing, you could be doing anything. So I feel like there's no other place in the world where children can just come, where people can come and go as they please without repercussions. So if we begin to teach these boundaries earlier rather than later, everybody wants respect. You know, everybody wants for someone to knock on the door before they just walk in and, and moms are not any different. So when I'm having moments like this, I make a public service announcement. Mommy's going in to her workspace. I'll be out in an hour and they're like okay mom and they're in chill mode there are the moments where my three-year-old who does not understand zoom walks right in it could happen but for the most part you know really being in alignment people know I have kids <laughs> it could happen so so yeah we try to be flexible in that way as well Yes, I remember a couple years ago when we started doing work from home, you know, more or the world mm -hmm. started because we were already doing it. But there was a man, he was doing a BBC interview. Yes. And yes. the mom had, she was telling the little girl not to go in there. The little girl just uh -huh. walked She's like, right on in. Yeah. And I feel like it was like the mom had just got, she was using the bathroom or something because she was, a, a, she was adjusting her pants, trying to get her out of there. And so, you know, I feel like that needed to happen yes. because people in the world needed to realize what it takes to make these work from home situations actually work. And I was yeah. so happy it happened to a dad because I feel like <laughs> that narrative just would have been different if it was a mom. And so, yeah. um, but I think now that that has happened, everybody has more grace because mm -hmm. it's something that we all deserve. And as parents, your kids always come first. And so I think, you know, yes, we give our kids boundaries, but sometimes there are those emergencies that happen where they need us. So yeah. I, I love that you are real and you are honest about, you know, how things work. Now, one thing that I'm, I'm curious about is, how have you been able to be a mom and still dream and still have goals without losing yourself? yourself? Because I feel like sometimes as moms, we get wrapped up in mommyhood, in motherhood, mm -hmm. in, in nurturing others that we forget who we are. So you seem very grounded in who you are and what your purpose is here on earth. So can you kind of unpack that for us? So I firmly believe, like I said about children sitting, that there are seasons to this as well. So you can, if you can just imagine me, let's go back a decade, <laughs> right? I was like a mid 20 something mom. Um, I had my older son who was two, one and some change when the twins were born. So I was not okay. Like there was no part of me that was like, oh yes, I know who I am. I am God's daughter. I am, you know, I'm aware. I am the fullest power of myself. No, I felt like anybody could do the job that I was doing. You know, I was, had postpartum depression. I felt like, I don't know if it was necessarily hormonal as it was exhaustion, which ties in with hormones too, but literally feeling so tired and so worn out that I would have done anything to be asleep and to, to sit in that space and eventually say, I no longer want to be that person. I think it was having a daughter, you know, having daughters changes you. Um, and I think it was having a daughter that, you know, she was maybe two or three. And I said, I don't want her to think that this is what womanhood looks like. I don't want my daughter to see me tired, mad all the time, you know, feeling like you can't take a break, feeling like you can't do all of these things. I don't want my daughter to think that if she decides to get married and become a mother, when she decides, makes that choice, that that is her assignment. That's her fate, you know? In conjunction, I have four boys at home. I don't want my boys to think that women don't need rest, that women are just here to 
you know what make you make your dinner make sure your house is clean and you know all these things it's like she's allowed to dream she needs support she needs rest like all these are things that we want to teach our children but a lot of times we're not a living example of that you know and so can we go back to i want to be the example for you and in order for me to become the christina of now i had to go into that place i also had to communicate with my husband Okay. Now, a lot of us, we want men to just know. We want them to say, you know, baby, I see how the support you need. I'm here. And they just fill in the blanks and all the gaps without us really having to express the kind of support we need. And so I began to tell my husband, you know, I want to have a dinner for moms, you know, but I just feel like I can't do this. I can't do that. I have all these constraints. And he had to tell me, you don't have any constraints. The only constraints that you have are the ones in your own mind. You know, like this, this is something that your mind is telling you you can't do, but I'm here, I'm your support, and I'm telling you that you can. And so sometimes we will literally vote ourselves off the island. We will self-reject. We will self-reject from things that could happen, you know? So balancing it all and trying to, um, trying to step fully into who I was, I had to redefine what all was. And I still have to do that da daily. You know, what is my all going to be today? I'm going to do it all, but what is that going to be? Um, and organizing, making sure I'm prioritizing my husband, my family, delegating a lot of the tasks that happen in my house so I don't clean my kitchen anymore. Unless it's like, really? <laughs> I don't clean the kitchen anymore. My kids have their own laundry bath. They do their own laundry. Um, they vacuum and sweep and help support around the house because mommy cannot like it and it's not fair like you will be really really mad and frustrated with everybody it won't be fair if you're you know scrubbing and your family's netflix and chilling that is one mad mom you know so eventually you have to be able to have those conversations with the people in your circle and your in your support to say all right this is how i need help i don't just need help here's the here's the list you know and being expressive about that without stifling it Ooh, that was so good <laughs> because sometimes, I don't know, like I went to a boarding school and I feel like some parents um, of my friends and other classmates felt like it was a burden to give their kids chores. Like they would literally, we were at boarding school and they would literally come to the school and do their kids laundry and oh clean Lord. up their room and, you know, make their bed and all kinds of wow. things. I was like, as, as the fifth kid, I had to, I've been doing all of that stuff, like most of my life. And it's funny because my sisters had started to teach me how to do that really early because they would pay me to do their, their chores and things for them. So it's like, those are life skills that you're teaching your kid. And mm -hmm. what really struck me was not only are you teaching them how to be a little bit more self-sufficient, but that communication mm -hmm. that you went from, I desire this to actually asking. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really critical because some of us desire help from our family, but are afraid to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll add something to what you said, because you said your sisters would pay you to do the chores. I have my twins are 11. My twin son will be a saver. He likes to hoard money. So he'll have like $150. He got, he'll have money and he'll pay his sister. They'll he'll pay his sister to, do, to clean his, do his kitchen day. He hates his kitchen day. I understand. So it's so funny, though, because because I've removed myself from this equation, the older three kids alternate whose day it is. And they, somebody may have a kitchen day, it might happen twice in a day, the kitchen needs to be clean. I have removed myself from this equation. So mom is off living her best life. Whose kitchen day is it? If you decide that you don't wanna do the kitchen day, you may pay a sibling. I really don't care, right? You can pay a sibling. So he'll have no money, but the life skill he has learned is he can exchange his time for his dollars. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, this is a life skill too. If you want your time back, you may have to pay somebody to have it. So he'll be there playing his video game and his sister's cleaning the kitchen. She's like, yeah, mommy, I racked these coins. I'm like, okay, sis. And he got his time and everybody's happy.
So I think it just, you know, it depends. These are all life skills that they're learning. Communi- healthy communication, exchanging time for money, prioritizing what you want to prioritize means that you may need to pay somebody else to do that thing for you so you can have something different. All life skills. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's definitely a kindred spirit. I I know I was doing the chores growing up, but now I'm like, let me, let me pay somebody. Let me delegate. Yes. So I love that. Now we talked, we brought up the word communication and Mm -hmm. you talked about, you spoke with your husband about what your needs are. And I, I feel like the role of parents in a homeschool is tremendously undervalued and it's something we don't talk about enough. And so I want to talk to you today about just kind of working with your spouse to develop the home unit. So yes, you are the main educator, but what are some of the things that your husband does to educate? And I know that there is a lot on his plate as a pastor, because I feel like people, you know, the whole world <laughs> wants his time. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many people who feel like they're just as important as your family. So how is he also able to give a little bit as far as that homeschool is concerned? So my husband does not do a lot of the homeschool at all. Okay. In fact, when he's at home, he is a distraction. It's like, <laughs> he, we love having him here. I'm still trying to figure out how to retire him from owning his barbershop and just let him be at home all the time. Simultaneously, I know, you know, you know, the husband won the parent teacher meeting. Uh-uh, no, no, no. I'm not going in the room with you. I'm supposed to be teaching your children. So that happens. He may have, you know, certain things that he needs. I'm like, hold on guys. Daddy's calling me and I got to switch gears. So that being said, um, the best thing that I really appreciate appreciate about him and our homeschooling journey has to be that stoic rockness that men bring to the family. Like, hey, boy, do your work. You know, like that, um, that firmness that happens um, because he works outside of the home in a brick and mortar business. Um, I've just found that we're able to create a life around that so let's say he's going to the church on Wednesdays in the middle of the day we can pack up and everybody goes to the church that day you know he's traveling a lot of um you know like if he's doing something for a church you know we gotta go leave go to Texas or go to Cincinnati the kids educational experience happens in these new cities you know so they've been to New Orleans and Dallas and just all these different places um so him being a pastor and us crafting our life around that really helps um, and I've just found communicating with him means being honest, you know, about how I feel, but, but not forgetting that I'm not the only person that's in the family. So you might need help or support or baby, can you back me up? You may need to have that powwow and say, okay, my feelings aren't the only feelings in the family. There may be days where you want your husband to, you know, he comes home from work, you want him to sweep in and do all the things. And he's like, I'm just exhausted. That's the reason I'll get up and run around and help. Cause I'm tired too. You're tired from being home. I'm tired from not being home. Can we just accept the fact that we're both tired? Like we're both exhausted. Nobody wants to do this. <laughs> let the kids go to bed dirty that one night, you know, like it's okay. And to exchange that peace for perfection, you know, and, and we have to be okay with saying, all right, this is not going to be perfect, but we have a peaceful home. You know, we have a peaceful home and, and I would rather have that over over everything oh my kids are perfectly they know all their stuff and they know all this even kids in regular school are behind in some somewhere you know so being okay with a lack of perfection and pursuit of progress and peace that was beautiful uh the words peace over perfection they have kind of stuck in my mind and i'm like oh we gotta ponder on that because Mm -hmm. i think it's the truth i think peace is something that is it's not a tangible thing but it's so needed within the home unit because it it grounds you and it gives you that sort of understanding to feel comfortable and i think as when you're raising black children, if they can be comfortable in the world somewhere, if they can have mm-hmm. a safe space, 
that is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So we talk about raising children who are black. You have four boys. What are you doing to kind of instill confidence in in them so that they can grow up to be the best people they were born to be? So one of my favorite um, business coaches, her name is Darnielle Jervy Harmon. And she got a podcast and everything. I check her out. She's super phenomenal. Um, And one of the things she talks about is how we're all born embodying God in us, his brilliance, his creativity, you know, just the, the magic, right, that comes from the creator. And then she says, we meet our family. She says, then we meet our parents and their mindsets and failures and traumatic experiences and all these things shift the pure awesomeness that we came into the world with. And we are polluted by, I was like, oh my God, polluted by the the hindrances that they had as people. Where, you know, you talk, let's say you talk to somebody about an idea because they've never seen it. They assume that nobody does whatever, you know? So With that in mind, I'm trying really hard not to be the parent that poisons, (laughs) you know, that they say they have a dream or an idea. And I'm like, babe, I don't know, because I haven't seen that happen because I haven't. It's like, you know, my son, he wants to open up the first black owned animation studio. He wants to work for like Pixar and everything. I want to open up my own animation. There isn't one in America. There's one, I think, somewhere in Europe you know, where, so he's like, I want to have that here in the set. Listen, let me not let my ideas about the world and time and money and don't let, as I'm evolving, right. Don't let my, my time in this process stomp out the brilliance that y'all are bringing into the world, you know, and to be able to share with them you know, the co-op that we go to is mostly white, right? Um, I've worked in partnership ministry with, you know, folks that are not not Black, right? And have had some of the most incredible exchanges, you know? So let me not prepare y'all for, you'll be prepared, but let me not harbor over the negative. Let me show you that there's beauty in the world in every color. There's also trifling folk in the world of every color. So let me illuminate all of it to you. You know, let me illuminate all of it to you. And so some of the, you know, best partnerships I've had have been with folks that weren't, you know, same same shade of brown as myself and you. And so wanting them to see all of that, to make, to make friends and to be open, to craft relationships, and to say, okay, listen, you do still got to navigate differently because you're a young black man or young black woman. You absolutely do. But let me show you the best possible outcome versus, versus you know, just harboring over the negative. And so trying to find that balance has been key. That's beautiful. I like when you said, don't let my time in this process stomp out the brilliance that is within them. To me, that's like something that's so totally tweetable. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, sometimes our own personal limitations can get in the way. And, you know, we, we grew up and we had some naysayers along that journey. And sometimes we've had, you know, people who spoke brilliance into our lives, but that one negative thing be like the loudest thing sometimes. You know what? I I think it was less, it could have been less, I think it was less Brown. He said, you will need 16 positive people to convince your psyche of what the one negative person said. So one person can say, no, you can't do that. You need all these people to come after that person to say, yes, you can. Don't, don't be limited by that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So I just, I mean, I just align with that so much, you know, like, can we be the force for good? Can we pour that in them and don't let my clothes, my, where I'm not illuminated at yet, like an area I'm not, you know, I'm not seeing yet stifle you. Yes. We'll yes. walk it together. We have to be one of those 16 people that are yeah. 
life into our babies. And that's something, you know, we don't, I don't always talk about affirmations, but growing up, I had a sister who would speak affirmations into my life mm -hmm. and she was right over me. And she would say, she would get up in the morning and she would look in the mirror and she would talk to, you know, talk about herself. But then she would start speaking <laughs> wonderful mm, things about that me. That is so powerful. I just didn't understand. And I was like, that's unique. But everything that she said, I cherished it. Mm. I cherished it because I was like, if this person loves me so much that they can see the good in me, that they can see what my potential is, other people probably see that too. They just not, they just aren't telling me. So you never yeah. know what positive seeds are being planted. And so even our family can have that make a big difference in our lives where we see those changes. And I know for me, it has made a world of difference in how I show up because I often navigate spaces where I am the only person like me. But I remember those affirmations that my sister yeah. said. And sometimes I got to get in the mirror and repeat them myself because you do have to, you have to constantly remind yourself that you are capable and mm -hmm. so it's not something that we can take for granted and not with our children either so i love when i'm hearing about parents you know no matter what hang up we've had because it's it's we're humans it is yeah. sure that something in our life wasn't right that is just a fact nothing was perfect but we can take all of our experiences and it doesn't mean that we have to stop there we can make things better we can show growth and so I feel like everything that you're talking about is a place of growth. And mm -hmm. so I feel like that was just so powerful. And I loved when you when you spoke about that. So I know that you don't just have boys. You also have a young lady. Yes, I do. Tell us a little bit about her personality and her hobbies and how you are helping her grow into the woman that she is to become. So we go between being besties to <laughs> wanting to kill each other. We go between the two. She is so, she's like me now at 11. You know, so she has so much fire and personality and sarcasm and drama, darling. And she just so elaborately over the top i love it about her um simultaneously i'm like hey sis who you talking to so we just go back and forth you know between being the two people um i really do um want her to feel like she can whatever her her thing is you know so i've just been teaching her when i travel to go speak places conferences not my conference because that's my weekend but when i go other places you know conference weekend and things of that nature i always um i take her with me she comes she gets to stay at the nice hotel with me and you know a lot of times i try to bring my mother as well just so she can have that experience of catching flights and not feelings and you know, just a little bit of, of youthful bougie to teach her that it's okay for her to have, you know, for her to have what it is that she's dreaming of. She's an incredible cook, you know? So, I mean, she's nowhere, like her omelets slay. They could be in a restaurant. So she's just working on building her craft and I'm proud to see the young woman she's, you know, she's becoming. Like you got girls, you know, it's like, Lord, you just look at them and you see this fast forward. You're like, oh my gosh, like you're becoming this whole person. And I think we feel that about all of our kids. And ultimately, I don't, I want for her to be able to be free, to be herself. Um, but at the same time, honor what God requires of, of women too, of godly women. And that she can have what she believes she can have as long as she embraces balance with it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I, I just, I felt that. <laughs> I felt that as a mom of girls. Oh my I goodness. I have twins. So one mm -hmm. is, one is like me now. And mm -hmm. one show is kind of like I was when I was younger, more of that reserved kind of quiet, feel deeply. And the yes. one will speak her mind and let you know. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so I, I get it. 
<laughs> you know, so you go from we're we're besties to like, who girl? Like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna snatch you, and you're just trying to find that groove. You know, we go between hugging, and then somebody shoot, somebody will cry, and then we'll be back to hugging and be cool again. You know, just embracing those feelings of you know just birthing somebody amazing into the world and trying to let them be who they are while still training them is such a thing. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I am just curious, every homeschool, we've talked about some wonderful things in homeschooling, but every homeschool is not always great. It's not always just the affirmations, the joy, <laughs> the confidence, the love, the listening, the doing chores. Like sometimes they don't listen. I'm just gonna be Thanks. honest. <laughs> So what, what are some challenges that you have experienced and how are you working through them? So the biggest challenge that we have is inconsistency. So my thought pattern is if you're going to procrastinate, do it on purpose. If you're going to not do something, put your whole mind into it. I am not schooling today. I am not doing this today. I am not organizing that closet. Whatever the thing is, just commit to not doing it don't lie to yourself so that being said i think one of our um struggles is the consistency aspect so that um they're with me right but then we're also on a journey together so there are times where i have a hectic work day there are days where i have nothing you know so i try to make sure that i move things around to align with okay homeschooling is happening earlier in the day and then you know chats like this clients and stuff like that happen in the evening time so I think my biggest challenge though initially let me revisit my biggest challenge initially was just having my kids around me all the time I never planned to homeschool any kids I was counting down see somebody's out here thinking that the oldies homeschool I say patient no ma'am I was counting down until they could go to head start pre-k I didn't care who took somebody got to get these three kids and get them out of here <laughs> they got to go somewhere somebody has to and I had to ask God to work on me because I realized I had some mom anger issues I had some lack of self-care issues I had some lack of boundaries you know so a lot of times we're aggravated and frustrated not because kids are doing things that kids don't normally do we're frustrated because we have we don't have good boundaries so I had to implement those things. And once I did, being around my kids became a whole lot easier. You know, now they give, they're letting me have my space and my bubble. They're going their way. I'm going mine. And then we can, you know, come back together and have quality time when we're ready. But quality time does not have to be all day. That's a lot. So, you know, just figuring out what works best for you and identifying your needs as a woman and then as a mom and wife, and then as a homeschool mom too, because there are a lot of ways to homeschool kids. You can not do any of it and have somebody else teach all of it. There's different kinds of co-ops. You can do dual enroll. You can do all kinds of things where you don't have to be the person that does all the things if you feel like that's right for your family. But I just found a lot of times we're, we don't even know if we can handle it, you know, in these diverse personalities. I would rather have somebody else teach my kids history or science or something in order to preserve our relationship. So I heard that. And I <laughs> you really um, just really hit the nail on the head when you talked about self-care. And if you are not taking care of yourself, how are you going to show up for your kids? And sometimes that frustration we hear in our voice, sometimes us thinking we can't do it and feeling overwhelmed in the moment is because we haven't been taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And that really makes a huge difference. So yes, self-care is a buzzword that's really popular right now, but I it feel is. Like it's critical. So whether yeah. we call it popularity or not, Forget what you want to call it. You do have to, it goes back to that self-awareness that you talked about. And we do have to take care of ourselves. So how does Christina practice self-care? Oh my goodness. It's exercise, 
so I started training for another 10K. It's in June, but I have to run. If I don't run, I get cranky. <laughs> um, I go for, I, we have a dog now and he's insane. If we don't walk him for at least 45 minutes a day. So I, you know, will put my shoes on. Mom, can we go with you? No, not today. I just need to walk and listen to a podcast or Beyonce and just breathe and not have any conversation right now. I just need that time. And to be okay with, you know, being by yourself. I have found that a lot of times we feel bad for doing, you know, for being solo, telling people no, all these things. And I don't want my kids to grow up and think that it's not normal or healthy to be by themselves. Like who wrote this rule? You should totally get a book and lay in your bed and be by and not want to be around anyone. You're allowed to not want to be talked to. Like that's normal and healthy. So I have to show them that by being the example and I'll just, you know, it could be going to get coffee at Panera, definitely exercise and just carving out an hour um, almost every day to do that. Um, Self-care for me is, is working sometimes. I love what I do. It revitalizes me. You know, I love the women that I'm privileged to work with. They are just, they fit like your favorite sundress, you know, like I just love the work that I do with my ladies. And so those things for me are, are birthing when I carve out time and organize my life to be fully Christina. I definitely count that as self-care. Yes. I like that visual imagery that you gave. It's like wearing your favorite sundress. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I know for me, that's what adult conversations are because Mm -hmm. I just had these conversations with my baby (laughs) and it was like, what? I get to talk to an adult. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I feel that. It just, it just feels good. I feel like this has just been such a treat because so many of us see different people online. We see the highlight reel. We see the beauty Mm -hmm. that people are doing. And we're like, man, sometimes it makes us feel worse because we know that behind the scenes, our life doesn't look like that. But the reality is behind the scenes, their life doesn't look like that either. Right. (laughs) We have to be honest when we're having conversations like this. We have to be honest and say, hey, some days it's okay for me to want to be by myself. I feel like sometimes as moms, we feel guilty if Mm -hmm. we want to be alone. So how... You know, that's a real thing, but it is healthy to be alone. It's healthy to come to grips with that. And I feel like it's a critical part of mental health. And so how did you give yourself permission to feel okay saying no and leave the babies at home while you take a walk? It sounds so simple, but I know that there is a mom that is struggling with that. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's be honest enough to say that quantity of time is not quality. So just because you with your kids <laughs> does not mean that y'all are like hugged up, cuddling, singing kumbaya, read the Bible. Let's not lie, you know, like, oh yeah, we're just together praying, singing hymns. No, like just because we're in the house together does not mean that we're spending quality time together, you know? So I, I had to learn to be okay. My husband would come home from work some days and because I was in the the mom trenches, right? Like in the, trying to come out of postpartum depression, just twins hollering, you know, like, you know how to, you know that that surround sound cry? And you're like, I got to vote myself off the island. Like my husband would come home some days. I would just be sitting in the hallway rocking, you know, looking like I was about to have a breakdown. And he would say, okay, I brought you ice cream. It's in the car. Like, just go sit in the car for a few minutes because I really can't afford for you to leave me. Like, I can't, you know, we need you here. You cannot leave, <laughs> leave the house. So, you know, I would go out and just step away for a few minutes. I would, when my, put my kids in the bed, we stayed in an apartment at the time. I would go out and just run circles around. It wasn't a big apartment complex. It was like a loop in front of my place. I would open the window if the, when somebody started hollering and I would just go jog laps around, you know, at like eight o'clock in the evening in front of my place. If somebody cried, I could hear it. But I just, I, 
I started to put in place goals for myself that, that were only for me. And so a lot of times we have a vision board, we have all these things, but we're not on it. Everything that we're doing, all the goals we're working on are for other people ultimately. So find something that's just yours. Like, don't you want that for your kid? Like if you got daughters, especially if you have a daughter and she grows up to be like you, will you be honored or will you be horrified? If you will be mortified, if you'll be mortified at what you see, because she's like scrubbing the scrubbing the shower and crying and you know, sobbing into her coffee and with her kids all the time, you were like, baby, please go take you a break. You know, and, and you may need to line some things up differently to do that. You may need to start with 30 minutes and work your way to an hour or two hours to make you feel like this feels good. But when you don't do it, you feel the aftermath. You feel the feeling after the fact of, you know, man, why am I so mad at everybody? Your family wants you to go because they don't like you like that. <laughs> they don't want they don't want to hang out without cranky psycho mom. Eventually they'll be like, mom, don't you need a nap? Don't you need to go get some coffee with, with your friend or one of your friends available? Because you acting up and you just need a break. Yes. You need yes. a break. <laughs> and our kids are honest with us. So they begin they to recognize those patterns and they will see that. So they will. Mom, you need a nap. Like, you know what, baby? I do. This is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I do need a nap. Yes, I do. So, you know, we, we have to pay attention to, that's our own, own self-awareness. That's us getting our own self-awareness together to say, hey, these, these, this week before my cycle, I'm wondering why I even live with y'all. I should just move out. Like you're crazy, you're frustrated. Know yourself, know your body. Know, you know, the days that you're in the mood for, you know, company, people, husband, and then the days when you're not so that you can curb your personality and curb your desires based upon that schedule, you know? So if I'm PMSing, it's like, this is a good day for me to leave the house by myself and go get pizza. Cause I know myself, if I'm looking at the kids, like, why do I even have y'all? Y'all get on my nerves. That means, oh, girl, you're not pregnant. That's all you know yourself, be self-aware so that we can teach that same self-awareness to our children and ultimately enjoy the life that we pray for because we ask for this. Yes. You just said something that I really want to touch on before we, we bring this conversation to the close. And you talked about knowing yourself. You talked about self-care. But the truth is, and I've been saying this for a while, you can't practice self-care if you don't know what that is for you. If yes. you don't know what relaxing is for you, if you, because... You know, just because people say go to the spa, get to me, that may not be you and that may not be realistic for you. So yeah. how did you, is there anything tangible that you could share with people for getting to know themselves? Because you talked about, mm -hmm. you know, that period where you were in postpartum and basically when you're in that period, you have these kids that need you and you may be so clouded by needs and by the wants of others that you've, you've forgotten what you need, literally. Like mm -hmm. I'm not even being facetious. It's like, you really don't know. So how yeah. do you, how do you find that out? So there's a couple questions I could ask. One could be when you were a child or a teenager, what was something that you loved? Okay. So I love writing. I love animals. I like being outside, whatever. Same things that I kind of embody now getting out in the sunshine and breathing. I never was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a runner and I want to do 5Ks and marathons and all this crazy. No, it was just, I want to be outside. And then ultimately I wanted to find a way to challenge myself that was going to better me as a person. Um, another question that you can ask is what is something that I would love to do even if no one paid me for it? You know, what? what is that something? For me, that's not a job is like plants. Like I love going in botanical gardens and floral shops and all these things. And my house got like, I probably have 30 plants in my house. Because it's like, you know, at least, yeah. So at least because that's something that, that makes me feel good. And it says to me, this is my house. I really don't care if y'all like the plants like that. Okay, I really don't care. Like what is something that you can own and embody just for yourself? It doesn't matter if anybody else likes it. Like get, your, get you a plant, sis. Get you some tennis shoes. Go buy you a bike. 
you know, go hike somewhere, go breathe God's good air, even if it's only for 30 minutes or an hour. I can promise you there is a friend of yours who will exchange an hour with you. They will exchange an hour with you that you know is not going to, you know, kidnap your kids. Your kids going to be right there. They had their snacks. Like, listen, sis, do you want to change, exchange two hours? I got this Friday, you got the next Friday? It would be like, absolutely. You know, so take that time, go sit somewhere. And we are so unaccustomed to boredom and just existing and nobody talking to us and doing all these things that we have literally blocked the door to God's creativity and reawakening those things in us that have been dormant for a long time. So my suggestion is find somebody to swap with. You can tell your husband, your partner, co-parent. You can ask my, hey, mom, I just need an hour on this day. Hey, friend, you want to barter? Because I know you want to break too, just to go and sit for a little while and let those things come back to you again. Absolutely. That was great advice. Great advice. And I think that everything that we talked about is something that, people need right now. So if someone just loved everything that you were saying and they want to connect with you, how do they do that? How do they find where Christina is? Oh, so I am on Facebook and Instagram at the Mamathon Diaries. Um, and then I'm also on the web at runningamamathon.com. Awesome. Awesome. And everybody, if you are listening, we will put that information in our show notes at cleverlychanging.com. So thanks so much for spending time and chatting with us. It has been a true pleasure just to hear how you are making it work because you're doing a beautiful job with your kids and you are a terrific inspiration and a mom boss. You are doing it. So I am super proud of you and I'm so glad that we were able to talk. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.